We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 541, a much-needed and necessary sweep of the crap bag Detroit Tigers. Scott, on our Friday Fives episode, I said, it's unacceptable anything less than a sweep because that's not even, that's like, that's actually an insult to a AAA team, never mind a major league team, how bad the Detroit Tigers are. Detroit Tigers are a bad team. I'm really glad we ran into them when we ran into them because it worked out really nicely. Seemed like everybody is uh, getting a little bit of. This is kind of how we drew it up, I think, right? You got the, you got the, uh, what? Go under five hundred in April and get a crappy team in there before Houston. No, the yeah, yeah, throwing your crappy team in before Houston. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you got to get your mojo back at the stadium against a crappy team. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Yankees were. I need to take this gum out of my mouth. Hang on. I'm like, this is impossible. Yeah, I tried. I, I, it didn't work. I was doing I got very excited three- because I found some big league chew. Yeah, I was like wondering what chew. that was. Yeah, yeah. What, grape. Ugh. You oh, say the grape, grape? Bigly chews the tits. It's the best one. 
by far. It's medicine. It's got to taste Wa- like medicine. Oh, Watermelon, so strawberry, grape is by far the worst flavor of everything. It's all right. We'll put a put a, a Twitter poll out on this one. Bigly Chew, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Bob, flavor? It only tweet it that? only lasts for like literally three minutes, maybe. But it's there for the the first. It's so juicy and good. Bob, put a Twitter poll out on at Yankees Podcast right now, and hopefully we'll get some results by the end of the show. Be like, what's your favorite flavor of Big League Chew? Do grape, watermelon, original. What's original? Just like gum flavor. It's just, it's just regular. Think yeah, don't put gum. watermelon. Yeah. Okay. Dude, come up with whatever four options are. Yeah. Grapes going to lose. But I was like, oh, this is ballsy of Scott. I'm doing my three, two, one countdown to get into the episode. And you shove some bubble gum. In your <laughs> yeah, mouth. I got way too what excited when doing? I saw the Big League Chew because I, I, yeah, I found it on Amazon and I and I bought a whole. bunch It was of probably from like 2003. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Yes, it was. A, it was a good crappy Detroit Tigers. It was a good thing to run into that team because they were able to, you know, to work on shit. This is exactly what we've been talking about. They need to work on stuff. They got a, a, a nice practice at home in front of some uh, in front of some fans. It was like going to watch a a preseason football game, right? You get like about the same crowd. It's like a you know not a full not a full stand. That's kind of what it feels like. That's what it was. These guys were working on things. They were making good contact. They were scoring runs that were uh, you know other than the home run ball. It was fun to watch. It was actually fun to watch. And I put out of my mind that it was in, it was uh, the Detroit Tigers and how bad they are, but that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. They just needed to get that work in. They got some reps in, and it was good. And what I was saying, I remember what, exactly what I was saying. We are one gra- or one ground rule double, one ball that was you know a little bit of a bad luck going over that fence from being a, a, away from this team taking three of four, uh, and then a sweep. And and yeah. you know when you're looking at that optically, that that's just very different, right? In a split series and then a sweep, but it. it I mean that team is there, so uh, we're we're seeing some good stuff right now, and I'm I'm glad that these guys are finally finally taking their head out of their ass. Yeah, I mean, despite the two ugly losses in Baltimore, the team's playing much much better. Uh, and yeah, you can say it's part of the competition. Baltimore's third worst offense in the league. Cleveland's second worst offense in the league. Detroit's worst offense in the league. So they kind of caught the right teams at the right time for the pitching to just get on a groove. Uh, and the starting pitching's been unbelievable. And Corey Kluber with the best start of his uh, last two plus years, probably since what 2018, I would say, best start uh, for Kluber. And how yeah. about that game time today? It was like it was like the eighth inning at like 2:50 in the afternoon. It was like I think Cone said it was like watching baseball in the 1930s. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty crazy because I was out doing uh, some yard work and I was going to catch catch the game, uh, you know, a couple innings late. And when you guys were texting me, it was like the seventh inning. I was like, how in the hell did that happen? So I had to go back and rewatch things, but. Um, both pitchers yeah, were was, just dealing. Fun. Like it was like every at bat was first pitch ground ball out, first pitch ground ball out, first pitch pop up. So it was just like super fast. Both pitchers were just on their game today. Yeah, no, it was it was it was well needed, man. Uh, and you know, one of the things that you know I and we talked about in the Friday Fives, but that we were looking forward to is if Corey Kluber can back up his last start because you know the his his the the start before was. Very good, and it was definitely he got into the seventh inning. Like the guy was, you know, looked more like uh, what we hoped that he would was going to be. And then, sure as sure as shit, he comes back out and uh, and does back it up. Both to Higgy, does back it up though. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know Higgy's catching Garrett Cole every time he goes out there. And who's to argue with Garrett Cole's numbers? We'll talk about those in a second. 
It looks like Higgy's going to be the man for Kluber because he's had two really good outings the last two times out. They're talking about how Higgy's calling more change-ups. They're just working in sync, and the, the Tigers swung and missed, what was it, uh, 13 times against the change-up uh, on, on Sunday uh, from Kluber. And then I, I think, so that's two out of five. And then I think you're going to see Higgy get another start in there as well most times through so you're looking at three for higgy two for at, Gary at this Sanchez point, a, at this there, point. we have a platoon on our hands that's that's, that's essentially is that a platoon is. or is that a is that a higgy's the starter gary's a backup that plays slightly more than your average backup i think it's a platoon i think isn't that isn't that kind of what a platoon is the fact that they're they're playing a little bit more plus you I know what you know higgy's gonna get cold probably soon and gary's gonna go on you know a two-game tear and and then we're all going to be confused again. So you want some knows? Gary stats? Hold so on. Can we just call this a full blown platoon, please, and put it to rest because that's right now what it is. So Gary Sanchez, he played Thursday afternoon and, and Saturday, and after Thursday's loss, he said, "I don't consider myself to be in a slump that people believe." And if you take out Gary's first two games of the year in which he hit home runs in, he said sixty six plate appearances. He's batting one forty eight. With a 303 on base and a 167 slugging, that's a 49 WRC plus. It's just awful. However, it's not the same. I, I, I'm watching these at bats, and and he's not hitting well. Like he's hitting 148. He's got a 49 WRC plus, but he does have a 300 on base percentage for batting 148. That's actually very good. So the quality of at bats is actually there. So he says he doesn't consider himself in a slump. My concern with Gary is that he just can't hit in today's game anymore because unless he hits the ball out of the park, he basically doesn't get a hit. And in the Verducci article, which we were potentially going to do like a deep dive episode on at this point, it's over a week old. Uh, I don't know that we'll do it, but there was one thing in this Verducci article, which he said ended the shift ended Jay Bruce's career RIP, but he had a, uh, a, a stat in here. Worst BABIP, which is batting average on balls in play with exit velocities of 100 plus miles an hour since 2015. So you hit it 100 miles an hour. That's a hard hit ball. You're expected to get a hit. The worst in baseball in that span is Gary Sanchez with a 392 batting average when he hits a missile. So, so why is do Gary we think that Sa- is? Is it because of the shift? Yes, it's it part very much the shift has killed Gary Sanchez because he pulls a lot of balls. And he pulls a lot of ball line drives on the ground, balls on the ground, and he's so goddamn slow that he's not going to beat anything out. So, yes, it, it, I'm I'm concerned that Gary Sanchez has just like been completely neutralized in today's baseball, in today's type of defensive alignments, the way pitchers are pitching, everything. Like we know the talent's still there. He can still hit the ball hard. He can still hit home runs. What he hit ten home runs right in a in a, a, a abbreviated season in which he got benched last year, that's like a 30 home run pace if he played the whole season. Yeah. yeah so the no, powers, he's, he's, it's not like he doesn't have power anymore, right? Like he still has power. Right. The power's there. There's no doubt the power's there, especially when he touches the, you know, the barrel of the bat. The ball is just, is way. now, is today's baseball just neutralized Gary Sanchez and it's like we're never going to see, forget 2016. Like that, that doesn't exist. Are we never going to see 2017 again? He was an all-star in 2017. I was hoping we could see 2017 again. And I don't think maybe we, we just never will. I mean, I still wanted to say, I think the, um, the, the time frame that I was talking about when we were discussing this in spring training was, was 
the June timeframe, like looking right before the all-star break to really understand what Gary is. So yeah, we had, we had a, 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 you know, he came out of the gate swinging well. Uh, and it looked like, again, like you're saying here, like the eye test is definitely giving me a little bit of a fit on this one because he doesn't look as lost at the plate as, as oh. we had seen in the past. So I expect the numbers to be there. And maybe that's just <laughs> because we're not seeing him as often and we're seeing Higgy in other games and, you know, we're just being tricked that there's production coming from that position and, and we're all just too dumb to realize that, no, but when he's in there, it is it is it. But he's not flailing at pitches. It doesn't seem right. like he's getting completely confused. His at bats are more competitive. Yeah. So I, I I'm giving it. I'm still giving it into June. You know, just before the All Star break, I want to see what happens uh, with him over that period of time. That will that will be my judgment period at that point to to say, uh, you know, he's either made his adjustments and and you know we're we're expected to see some relatively decent production from him or that's toast. It's either Torino, see what you got here, or potentially make a move. Because he yeah, ain't coming back the following year. So is Chirinos, his wrist is 100% are the reports. Is Gary on notice? If Chirinos is playing well in the minors, feeling good, could we see, like you say, June mid, mid, mid-June, mid Gary Sanchez still batting under 200, not playing in a platoon very much? Is Is it just like, do they sever ties? Do they see what they can get on the trade market? Like, what do they do? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a really tricky situation. Do we know if Chirinos has any anything tied to that contract? Does he have to be in the major leagues at a certain point, or does do he not have know? Out? I do not know, Bob. If you could do a quick yeah, Google we'll search, check that on, out because that would Chirinos be, Yankees contract. Not, I, not I, that we're making decisions based on Robinson Chirinos at all, because there's probably you know again there's other guys named Job Robinson Chirinos just with a different name that are right. available. I'm sure you know. So it's a, it's just uh, it it's really how bad. Gary is at a certain point. I I just don't think that they're going to give up on him in the middle of the season. I I don't I don't well, see that happening. Give up? I mean, what are we talking about? He's a he's a not even the everyday catcher. He's not the starting catcher anymore. He's the platoon catcher. So isn't that kind of given up on him? No, it's just it's basically you're, you're doing you're doing what's uh, what's been given in front of you. That's what's happening right now. You're just you're just doing what. You know, look, I hope that when we look back and we're talking about that rock bottom moment, because I'm, I'm starting to think that 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 was it. Hold was on, what's the, the rock bottom? There's too many. Was Judge being think. thrown out at third okay. and the the fact that Boone didn't challenge because he was waiting for the nerds to tell him it was okay and give him the, you know, the thumbs up. I'm hoping that there was a closed door meeting. We haven't heard anything about this. This is pure speculation. And I'm giving benef- the benefit of the doubt to Boone because I want to, and it's good for my sanity. And there's a long season ahead of us. So I'm going to do that. I'm thinking that there was a closed door meeting between Boone and whomever else that needed to be in the room and say, you know what? I can't do this the way that you're asking me to do this anymore. I started this, I started this managerial job and I was, it was using my instincts because it's what I knew. I didn't know any better to, to, but to use those instincts. And now I have been trained so badly that I can now no longer use those instincts the way that they're supposed to be used. And I'm constantly second doubting, uh, second guessing myself or going into doubt because of these goddamn protocols and the goddamn nerds out the window. And 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 we're seeing now the past week using his, using his eyes a little bit more, using that instinct, letting Kluber go a little bit deeper into into games, letting uh you know these guys are uh you know he's have he's had some conversations with people about busting it down the line. He's uh he's you know given the death stare to Clint Frazier. Like he's just reacting a little bit more naturally. And I'm hoping that was a conversation that was had because if that's the case, and Aaron Boone's actually using baseball instincts that he does have in him. Um, hopefully he's using them again. So as of now, 
We have Gary Sanchez has played 19 games and Higgy has played 14. If you had to bet who finishes with more games played this season. Gary Sanchez. I'm, I'm still going with Gary. Bob, what do you think? I'd, I'd say Gary Sanchez too. Okay, so I mean, I, right now though, like Higgy's going to pass him soon if, if this pace keeps up because Higgy's catching more often than not the past 10 days. So at some point that's going to have to change. But if, if Higgy still keeps, he's not going to hit the way he's hitting, but if he's Higgy's still- going to go on a terrible slump, it's going to be a terrible slump. He's going to do it. He's going to pull an over 25 at some point. But what if Gary is still not hitting, but that's, but that's what he has in him. And, and then Gary, you know, has uh, an opportunity at that point as well. So I, I see it going back and forth, but I do think that the Gary's going to have the more, uh, the more starts, the, the most starts of the two. Okay. Yeah. Also, I mean, Rob- I- Robinson Chirinos, his contract, it says it's just a, a one-year minor, minor league deal. It's a $1 million base with 500K incentives and multiple opt-outs. So it, I don't think it has any, like, he has to multiple play. Multiple opt-outs. Like, yeah. What are the opt-outs, though? I guess the opt-outs are the, are the opportunity for him to get out. If it's That's kind of like, yeah, if, if, his, if, if, say, he has an opt-out on, you know, June 1st or something, and his agent is saying, you could probably get picked up by another team here because yeah, they need some catching depth. Or be a backup on a team, yeah. Not start, right. but... Definitely be, that's, just be a backup. That's, I assume it's a lot of those, a lot of these, uh, you know, these veteran contracts have those, have those outs, but. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what Chirinos is. They brought him in for veteran catching depth. And I think that was just for injury insurance. And ironically, he's the one who got injured and now he's healthy again. But so, I mean, certainly a catcher can get injured at any point. So I guess they'll I also keep think him it was around as long as they can. It was, it was definitely opportunity. It was one of those cashman deals where, you know, he, he sees a guy that, you know, maybe should be picked up, or at least they think should be picked up. They see something, you know, almost like with Odor, they 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 made an under the under the uh, table move here, and I think it was just bad bad luck that Chirinos got hurt. So we'll see how that impacts anything down the road. But um, well, with the sweep, the Yankees were able to get back to fourteen and fourteen, so they're they're back at five hundred. But they did finish April below five hundred, and amazingly. Through that time, they didn't play a team over 500 that finished the month over 500. So they played bad teams, still finished under 500. Cole was unhittable, and there were no major injuries that landed guys on the injured list. And it's they still just had a terrible month. I mean, they are turning it around, but you kind of, I guess you just got to say, thankfully, the rest of the league is not on a tear. Boston's in first place. They, they had a good month, but ho- hopefully they come back down to earth. Uh, but it doesn't look like this bad start's going to kill them in the division. No, and and it, it's not going to. And the fact that they were playing bad teams, like again, to me, it, none of that, none of that really matters right now until they start playing good teams and we see how they play against them. Uh, but well, they did play Tampa six times. Tampa has also not. Tampa was to a great Tampa start. was the ass whooping. Usually, even when the team's going well, Tampa is a is a thorn. The Yankees so are ahead of Tampa knows. right now, believe it or not, which is crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy that they show up against us the way that they do and then just completely suck against everybody else. So and I think Adovino uh, blew a game today or was getting the Frank, loss. Frank Golden, I believe, posted in the in the Facebook group uh, what would be acceptable record for the Yankees over this next three series. They play Houston, then the Nationals, then Tampa. And I said, win all those series. And he's like, well, that might be too too much to ask. But Whatever happens against Houston and the Nationals, if you go to play Tampa again and you get your butts whipped again by Tampa, it's like at what point are they going to turn the season around? What are they going to turn their their play around against Tampa? Like that's I think important. You can't just keep losing series to Tampa. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to see them against Tampa and and put out much better. And the pitching's going well, so we'll see. We'll get to that point when we get to that point. But yeah, the, obviously at this point right now, we want to see series Ws. That's the name of the game. Series Ws, keep grinding and then pick your head back up and see where you are uh, come All-Star break. Are you ready for some absolutely bonkers, silly stats about Garrett Cole? He's made six starts this year. He's produced 2.4 F war in that time, which means if he starts 32 games this year, he's going to finish with 12.8 F war. In 2019, when he should have won the Cy Young, he had 7.3 F war. So he's like even far and away better than he was pitching in 2019. 12 F 12 war for a pitcher in a season is like Pedro 1999. It's like it's like that level good. He's got a 1.43 ERA, a 0.46 FIP, because he has a 62 to three. I repeat, 62 to three strikeout to walk ratio. He struck out 62 and only walked three. He's basically just taking the bat out of people's hands. He's not allowing his fielders to even come into play. He's just striking people out. And when he gets an early lead, like he did the other night, he just has, he just peppers the zone because he's, that fastball is so good. And uh, he works off of it so well. He just peppers the zone at that point, knowing that um, that the the runs are there and that these guys just can't hit him at all. So it's fun to watch him work ahead because he's he's methodical, he's fast, he peppers a lot of strikes, just pounding the zone. These guys know what's coming and they still can't touch it. And when you have a guy in that in that type of uh, you know position, it's special stuff because these major league players, even when there's a fastball coming, can't hit the fastball. You know me. I, I can't. I can't look. I can't not bring up something negative here. And what I think of this is, damn, the Yankees better not waste this prime from Garrett Cole because he's not going to be this pitcher in 2024. You've got this year, next year, and probably the year after where he's the best pitcher on the planet or second to Jacob Degrom. You cannot waste these years. This is what you paid for. This is why you're paying him 36 million dollars a year. Go out and win a championship when Garrett Cole is this freaking good. Yeah, that's the reason they got him. So. They're, I think they're trying not to waste him. <laughs> what do you think of this uh, mustache he's trying to grow? I was very surprised when I saw Yeah, when I saw it. First of all, you can't see it unless you're really looking for it. It's one of those. Oh, you got to zoom in. Yeah, this is, a, this is like day two of a mustache. It's a, it's a skin tone mustache. Those are never good, right? The, the skin tone beards and the skin, they make you look a little skeezy because you, you can't tell that it's there. And then you're like, oh, there's hair there. It's kind of weird. Um, but well, he can do no wrong. So I... Good for him. I hope uh, I hope Mike Ford started something. I hope the Bronx stash comes back. Are we going to have to shave into mustaches? Because we both got beards going, right? See, this, the sucky thing for Yankees is if they t- want to grow a mustache, they just have to grow a mustache until it looks good. Because normally what you do is you just let a beard grow. And then when it's thick, you just shave everything except the mustache. Boom, you got a full mustache. But because the Yankees facial hair policy, which doesn't allow facial hair, but allows mustaches because it was established in the 70s and everyone had a mustache in the 70s. You got to just live with this funky looking mustache. Yeah, but that's the that's the point of it. You got to you got to you got to work yourself into it. It's it's on display from day one. And and uh, when Mike Ford walks up with the you know this is impressive, powerful stash right there. Then it, I mean that's a broom. The dude's got a broom. <laughs> and when you when you have a push broom, then everybody else kind of has to you know level up a little bit. So if Garrett Cole though. Starts to grow a mustache. I think we have to have mustache. Bob, I, think, I, think, mustache. I think I think you guys got to do a little like mini game. Loser has to shave the beard. Keep the mustache. 
Oh, so I have no problem doing this. If if uh, you probably don't know this, but back in COVID when I, everyone was losing my mind and I was bored, I just I just shaved into the uh, the uh, Goose Goshers handlebar mustache for for like two weeks because I wasn't seeing anybody anyway. My wife wanted to freaking murder me. I looked like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, I'm on way too many Zoom calls these days for for us to 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 for me to have a, a horrible looking mustache. Plus, it's just not good for anybody to be honest. It's really just not good. So if these guys Bob, are uh, college, fortunate, can they, they can uh, they can they can do it. And I want to see it go through the clubhouse because it's usually fun <laughs> when they do that. I've been what? trying. No, I, I I can't. What year was it that they all they they got off to like a fast start and they all started to grow a mustache? It was Brendan Ryan. Brendan Ryan was the first. Was, was the that twenty fifteen? Had it right? Was that fifteen? 14, 15? It was I think it was the first it was year we had the those, podcast. So it was twenty fifteen. Yeah. And then and then I remember Ellsbury grow a mustache and everyone was like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Let's shave. <laughs> uh so Aaron Judge back in the lineup after his lower body soreness, which is very vague, but he's hitting. Uh the one thing that's kind of unjudgy in this year is that he actually ranks below average in his defensive metrics. So outs above average, he's in the bottom fifth bottom five percentile in the league and outfielder jump. He's in the bottom 10. Uh, and normally you usually see him up near the top in the league. That's what makes him an elite player when he's on the field is he's not just a great offensive player. He's a great defensive player this year. He has not been a great defensive player. And um, it's, it's, these are defensive metrics that need a ton of sample size for them to mean anything. Uh, outfielder out yes. above average. Definitely outfield. Jump the answer is definitely bit, yes a little here, bit so. less, a little bit less for outfield jump. But here's the thing. None of this means anything. My point is, this is by design, I think. I don't think Judge forgot how to play defense at age 29. This is by design. He's taking it more easy. And if that keeps him on the field for 85% of the season, which he's been on the field for 85% of the season so far, he's had a couple sit down for two, three days. Don't tell anyone what's wrong. Just act like you're sore. Maybe you got a COVID vaccine or whatever it is. But if it prevents him from going on the AL, IL, this load management thing, then cool. I'm cool with it. Let's let's see in September if he's been doing that. Fine. It worked. But what we have now is a less complete player. Because if he's a below average right fielder, you can't he's not say the same that. player. Okay, fine. If if that's the case, if you if you if those numbers are at that point in September, then we can talk about that. You can't say shit about the what he is as a defensive player. He hasn't looked bad. He's been diving. Yes, he has. Dived. I don't think he's looked bad. He he's, has he's been, he has literally pulled up on balls. That that's fine. He can pull up on a couple balls, but his instinctual he's still diving as well. So there's there's something else there. But you can't look at the defensive metrics at this point in May first or May second, whatever today is, and say anything about them because they are literally probably the most of the baseball analytics rooted in larger sample sizes. So you're making a I know that based on a small amount of of, of time that doesn't I'm, mean shit. I'm using also my eyes and seeing he's not the same right fielder right now. Okay. Well, let's give him some more time on that. Do you think he's looked the same defensively? There was a play, the, the play um, at the wall in Cleveland, right? He just, he just didn't make a play that he normally makes. Maybe he is more hesitant. Maybe they have said something about that. I just, I have a hard, I have a hard time. A player like that can just like turn that off though. I mean, it seems like he has, though, because he actually talked about it in spring training. And then there was also a, a ball early in the season when Garrett Cole was pitching. It was a pop fly down the right field line. And he just stopped running and it bounced in fair territory because he didn't want to run into the wall. Now, listen, again, if this keeps him on the field for 85 percent of the season, I we're talking about like cool we're not talking it. about like dogging it and, 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 no. and making bad plays, because that's kind of what it sounds like you're saying as well. 
He's not dogging it. I don't think Aaron he's Judge not is dog- dogging a it but day in his not, life. He's not dogging it, but he is not playing with the same outfield aggressiveness that he's played with in the past and has made him one of the best defensive right fielders in baseball. Okay. Then again, I need more time to see what, what it is and, okay. and any of these metrics. If we're looking at these defensive stats, because the defensive we'll look metrics, at them again. We'll one, check are in just on like, them. They're, they're mostly dog shit in the first use place. Use your you eyes too, though. Anything. I'm telling you, use your eyes too. You're, you're an eye test guy. Watch him. Yeah, play you don't have right to tell field. me that. I, I haven't seen that much. I've seen a couple of plays, but it, I don't think I've, you know, I've seen a couple of plays in the previous season that I just haven't noticed. So I, I've definitely noticed him lay out for balls as well. So why does he lay out for a ball in a given moment and then give, and then, and then uh, not on a, on another moment. I don't know. Well, it's the, he's started so far the most games he's in a season since 2017. So yeah, if, all this, all this hoopla about judge sitting and like rested and whatever, it's all, it's much ado about nothing because this is what the Yankees are just doing. It's load just, management. Sure. We can't get mad about it anymore. We just can't like, it, it could be frustrating. It could go against the way we, we think that baseball should be run. But at the same time, they're also trying to do something different to keep them on the field. I'm not saying that that's the, that's the, how you do it. I, I don't know. I don't think that there's a, a defined way to keep somebody on the field long-term. But over time, clearly the numbers are dictating and saying that if there's X amount of time or if there if, if uh, certain injuries in certain areas that have soft tissue, we're going to, we're going to uh, be on, the, we're going to rely or be on the side of caution than, than, you know, pushing him just be, just because, you know, we have an off day the next day and there's an, uh, and you know, he could play and get the off day that they're just not going to do that. They're going to go to those off days. Well, what do you think about Stanton getting the day off on Saturday? He's it's the a, hottest That's exactly hitter. why I said that because it's the same thing. Like there's, he was a scheduled off day. Yes, there's a, there's an off day coming up. So what does that really mean? Because he's hitting the ball very well. You want him in the lineup. He's but then again, also you're DH. playing Detroit. Can you not go out there and hit the ball? But he is on a, at that point, he was on an eight game hitting streak. Now he's on a nine game hitting streak. He had nine hits in the last three games. He was hitting missiles all over the field. And he's a full time DH. Like, all right. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. That's, that's it. Like, if we get, that's just the way that baseball is ha- handled today, especially the Yankees, especially the Yankees. Well, here's the thing it hasn't worked for the Yankees the past three seasons. They've still dealt with an unprecedented amount, unprecedented amount of injuries. If it works this year, I'll say good, good strategy. But if we find these guys dropping like flies in the middle of the summer with random injuries and they're on the IL, then load, load management for these Yankees doesn't work. Well, no shit. You can, you can as, as soon as you have the result, then you, you know if it's good or not, though. Well, we've had the so, result for 18, 19, and 20, and they've been injured. But they're trying different things. They're no, this is exactly what they've tried the last different. three years. They were doing yoga, yoga. These guys are yogis now. They're stretching more. They're they're making sure that their body is more limber, less bulky. So maybe no the stretch in the nineties and they stayed healthy. Yeah, they were doing a they lot of steroids. They didn't call it stretching. No, no one stretched in the nineties. Nah, they drank beer and it loosened the muscles, and you know they went out longer. You did, you did the high the leg clubs. jog. You did the high leg jog around like the outfield, and that was your stretching. Okay, Mar- Mariano Rivera would would go uh, shag balls in the outfield right. for his his stretching and running. Right. So uh, another takeaway from April. And this is Aaron Hicks's splits batting left. He is a one hundred and seven hitter with a two fifteen on base and a 179 slugging as a 394 OPS for context pitchers 
in 2019 across Major League Baseball had a 322 OPS. So he is nearly as bad as a pitcher batting left-handed. He is an automatic out when he is batting left-handed. He is an automatic out. I'm hoping this is going to be like a nice closeout to April and we're going to bury it and then never talk about it again until it maybe, uh, you know, rears his ugly head at, at another point. But um, that's that's where I'm going with this. And Aaron Hicks should do the same thing with being a left-handed hitter and switch hitter and just go to the right side. And I know it's going to completely screw up uh, Boone's, Boone's lineups. Yeah, how can he never break be able up to hit the, again, can't break up the righties? Thing. Yeah, it'll be uh, he'll he'll have to make a deal for another lefty and and figure it out. But well, the one thing I noticed in looking at his metrics, so batting right-handed, he has a 907 OPS, and he has three home runs batting right, one home run batting left. He has one double each batting batting uh, each side, nine walks batting left, one walk batting right. So he's he's kind of a different approach when he's batting right. He's a little bit more aggressive when he's batting right. Yeah, it's it's so crazy to me though because to me that means he's seeing the ball well, right? If you're if you're walking that many times from the left side and you're still struggling, you're still you're seeing the ball well, so you should be able to, you know, theoretically, um, yeah. if you should th- you should theoretically be able to barrel up a, a higher percentage, I would think. If you're, sometimes if you're I feel looking though, for that, but Hicks goes up there and he's like, "I'm not swinging this at bat. I'm just going to hope he throws four balls before he throws three strikes." Well, he's going to have to change his his tune because. I guarantee at this point now, pitchers, when they see him out from the left side, they're going to be pepper in the strike zone. <laughs> Three, 394 OPS. It's it, He's a borderline unplayable from the left side. I mean, that's a, that's an auto out. That's nothing. He's doing nothing offensively from the left side. He's walking. Yeah, he's walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, so the uh, the Kluber performance today, just just quickly, um, with, with Higgy calling the calling the shots there. It, how much do you put stock into that? Is is, is it really like Higgy is uh, the turn? Uh, yeah, we here? already talked about this. Yes, I think there is. They even did Cone we already talk about, about this? Cone, yeah, we talked about it last episode. The, oh, the fact that yes, they're in different. Yes, they're in the same catcher's room, but these guys also react differently in in real time. They're different people. They have different minds. They think different things. They have different strategies. They saw the they saw that the uh, changeup was working well today. There was a good communication there. Uh, they they talked about it. Uh, Cohen was talking about this at some point in the broadcast, um, and they went with it and they kept going and they realized that it was a plus pitch on the day. And at that point, if you can recognize that, if there's good communication, good collaboration between the two, good teamwork, good battery, uh, if that's the if that's the case, then you can make those adjustments on the fly. You can make those adjustments in in uh, in an at bat in inning. You can do. All of these things. If there is not a good working relationship with pitcher and catcher, those are much more difficult to identify, much more difficult to implement. Because uh, if you're not on the same page with somebody, then it's just harder to um, to, to actually connect on those things. And today, the so, changeup. And by the way, his grip is just—it's so—it's so awesome looking at it. He chokes up on that damn ball so far. I mean, it's—it's very. It looks like we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like it's touching like all, all of his palm surface area when he's, uh, when he's releasing that ball. So it's pretty, pretty special to watch. So then how is Gary ever going to catch again? If, if, if it's this stark a difference where Higgy can make that much of an impact, where Kluber, who has been, who had been terrible in the season up until the Baltimore start, and now is been a fantastic pitcher the last two starts, two, two starts against bad teams, as you've pointed out. The you, we just have to see how those adjustments, because that that you know it could be circumstantial. It could be the fact that when those adjustments were made, when Higgy was catching, then we saw the uh, you know we saw the um, the impact there, but. You know, the changeup, I'd have to go back and see the last start he had with Gary. If the changeup wasn't working or if the changeup was hit early, maybe they don't maybe they don't spin to that. Who knows? Again, two games. Sample size is a, is a tough one to, to call. But right now, it does look like Higgy's calling a damn good game with a lot of these guys and has these guys very comfortable. That's just what I'm seeing recently. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. All right, a couple quick roster and injury stuff before we get to Bob's segment. So the Yankees put Darren O'Day on the injured list with a rotator cuff strain. That's bad news for, for a pitcher, especially a 39, 38-year-old pitcher. That's um, at least a month that he's probably going to be shut down. So that's definitely an impact uh, loss in the bullpen. But Michael King is back from alternate site, which is good because he's been, he's been great this year. Luke Voigt is ready to play in rehab games. And uh, we were talking about Chirinos. The minor league rosters were set. And Dominguez, Jason Dominguez, Yankees top prospect, is actually going to start at, at extended spring training, which means he, we still have to wait until he plays in a pro game. But he, And then he's going up to, I thought I saw Hudson Valley. Isn't that where he's uh, going to be going to? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw that somewhere. I have to look to see. But so if then it, why if wouldn't the they case, just assign him there right now? Well, I mean, who knows? Because 
they want to work with. I don't know. He, I'm sure, look, he's getting special treatment. So whatever they're doing, they're doing very, very strategic with him. But if he's playing at Hudson Valley, those games are going to be packed. You think uh, so? Yeah, I do. I think do you that think, a lot of people would want to go casual, Do you think casual fans know about Jason Dominguez? How many, how many people are at a minor league stadium? 5,000? Well, how many are they going to allow? Well, no, I, yeah, it's probably five, full capacity. I, oh, those like low A, like uh, single A, double A, probably 8,000 or less. Okay. So yeah, I think that you could definitely, uh, if you allowed full capacity at some point, if that if that's uh, if that becomes a thing, then uh, then yeah, I think that Jason Dominguez would definitely get a crowd. All right, Bob, you want to get into your segment? Yeah. So just to quickly recap last week, last week's segment of the the on the fence the on the fence segment. So you guys had a couple predictions. The first one was the over or under four and a half games won. You guys both slammed the over. And that hit, we went five and two. The second one, will the Yankees score over or under 27 and a half runs? Scott, you slammed this over as well. And that hit, there was 30, there was a total of 35 runs. And that what was Angie, the what was the line? Sorry, what was the line again? 27.5. 27. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All day. Yeah. All yeah. day. So Andrew, you missed on that one. And then we had a tie between DJ and Judge hits. They both had eight. Except DJ had 32 plate appearances while Judge only had 22. Mm-hmm. So that had nothing to do with any anything to the prop bet, mm-hmm. but that's great. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a tie. No, and, but, um, but my point at the time was Judge looks a hell of a lot better at the plate than DJ does right now, and that yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fine. I didn't did, totally disagree with you. I just have a lot of faith in DJ, and he's going to get a lot of hits, and he's looking much better. To um to to be fair to him too, which is a good thing. I mean, shit, they're all looking much better <laughs> at this point. And then lastly was the Kluber or Debbie Garcia in both their we outings both against the Orioles. Yeah, you guys both said Debbie would get more strikeouts, but Kluber had five, Debbie had four. So that one, that one was a no, miss. That was for close. Both. It was close. It was I, close. I, it was I felt close. good about it when I saw that he got four too. Uh, yeah. And you, if you want to talk about the same thing at bats uh, from Judge to Lemayu, the innings disparity was was different. It was Kluber pitched seven, right? And then what did uh, uh, Davey got what four four, four innings? Yeah, yeah. So, so same thing there. It was. But we both higher, took Devi. Yeah, I know, but higher strikeouts, mm-hmm. higher strikeout per nine for 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 Davey Garcia. Yeah, but we didn't know that Kluber was going to turn back into the Klubot because of Higgy. I'm I'm very I'm very happy he is. I'm very happy he is. Yeah. So the overall record, Scott, you went two one and one. Andrew, you went one one and two, and that's where we're at so far. But going back to Aaron Judge. There's been a lot of conversations about if the Yankees should trade him. And there were, even, there were even rumors last week that the Yankees and the Angels were in very light communication about a possible trade over the offseason. So I just want to know what you guys sort of think about a possible judge trade. There's, I read an article by Joe Giglio who said, who mentioned a few, a few teams that he could end up at, including the Angels or the White Sox or the Giants, who could all show interest for different reasons. So I just want to know what you guys sort of think about that. If the Yankees should look to trade him, is it too soon? But yeah. Well, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I got sorry. I didn't see you talking. The um, there's no, they're not going to trade him. They're, they're not going to trade him and they're going to give him a, a big contract that that's going to happen. I don't know. This was going to happen when those judges chambers went in to right field. At that point, the Yankees said, this is our guy. We're getting behind this guy. 
He's going to be the 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 next Yankee that we all get behind. He's probably going to be a captain at some point. I think that um, there's no doubt about it at this point. Even even with how can, the uh, how can some of these injuries, that? because even with some of these injuries, the 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 blowback for Aaron Judge leaving and playing 140 games anywhere else, because we know what his production is when he's on the field. It's always good. His production when he's on the field is is there, and he actually outproduces many times uh, people in in far fewer games, as we just saw with uh, even with DJ and um, uh, and him talking about hits in the last game. So I, I don't think it's actually that much of a question when you look around the league and you're identifying people uh, that you want to be the franchise. It's a known quantity. They know who Aaron Judge is. He's already built a brand within the New York Yankees that they like a lot. And I don't think that's ever good. That, that's not changing. That's not changing unless something completely drastic happens. These tic-tac little injury things, these little soft, I, I don't think that, I don't think it matters to the Yankees. He's been, he's in, he's been playing in the playoffs and he has production in the playoffs. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Well, so here they have this year and next year of him under, under arbitration. If they do this load management and he plays 80% of the season and that works, then I, yes, I agree. I could see them comfortably giving him a contract to extend him into his mid to late thirties. I don't know massive contract. What he's got. I mean, he's going to be 31 when he's a free agent, which kind of sucks for him, especially his injury history. But if he does not play, if he plays 60% of the season this year and next year, like he has the last three years, how do you justify giving him a massive contract? I don't because think of the can. production, because of the production, because of the production when he's but on the his field. production is not going to get better when he's 34 years old. It's going to get worse. You don't pay guys for uh that's not the way baseball works, though. That's yes, never been now the way it is. Works. It's not how baseball it worked 20 years ago. Paying for guys. Look what happened no. with look what, look what happened with Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg, are you gonna say that really? Because Steven Strasburg just signed a massive contract. The guy is hurt look every at single every year. Every other position Hold player every contract. Single year, Every single year he's hurt. He's not an impact guy during the regular season. He was an impact guy in the postseason. That's what they care about. They care about the brand, how many how many jerseys they're going to sell, whether they can put up some decent numbers over the uh, the period of time, be a productive player, and then be there in the postseason to to produce. And yes, they have to get over the hump, but that's more of a team thing. Judge has been there. Not when you're when you're looking at the postseason. Can't really say that much about him because it, all we are, are looking at regular season stats. And at the end of the day. Does it really matter that much how many games he's on the field in the regular season if he's yes. there in the postseason? In the postseason. Why? Because you can't bank on that every year. You can't time when the injuries come. What happens if he gets injured in September? Then he's not going to be there for the postseason. But he and hasn't also, been. if you look at every position player contract over the past five years, okay, the only guys that get massive contracts are guys who are still in their mid to late 20s. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, all these guys were like 26, 27 years old when they got their contracts. Players who are in their 30s, position players, do not get massive contracts anymore. They don't. They used to. They don't anymore. And that Steven Strasburg contract is like one, and it wasn't good. So why are you going to use a bad contract? Because it just happened. You're That's why do? I'm going to use it. It's convenient, of course. But why would the Yankees the, do something like this if it's bad business? It's not bad business. That's where you're wrong. That's where you're exactly wrong. It's not bad business. It's still good business. That's the point. You, That's they exactly already have my Stanton. point. They're exactly Stanton my point. until 2028. Dude, so they're Stanton is not that. Aaron Judge to the Yankee fan. I mean, I don't know how you can possibly compare the two. My point is you're going to then have two of these players who can't stay on the field. Why are you going to strap your roster like that? That's that's. I mean, maybe the Steinbrenners will pressure 
Cashman into doing this. But I think if it were up to Cashman, he would not extend Aaron Judge for a long I mean, term. At, if he at can't the same time, the also, like Judge is going to, you know, I don't know what year or when this happens, but he's going to be a DH at the end of his career, right? We agree there. Oh, they okay. already have so, a full-time DH. Th- but that's the point. Stanton is there. They're going to eat the end of that contract. Probably going to eat three years of that contract, I'd say. I'd say two to three years they're going to eat it. And basically, he's just okay. not going to be a productive player. And I think listen they're okay to, with that. Listen to what you're saying, okay? I am. Both, yeah. both, both players are the same age. So if you sign Aaron Judge to a seven-year contract, that means he's the same age as Giancarlo Stanton into 2028. How can they both DH? Because they're... I, look, I don't think Stanton and Judge are this are going to age the same way. Uh, Judge is much more... Like, the swing when you see Aaron Judge swing a, a, a bat, it actually looks like a baseball player. When you see Gian, Giancarlo Stanton swing a bat... It looks like a guy taking an axe and trying to hack the shit out of a, a, a log. What does that have to do with anything it's not that we just age talked well. about? I don't think it will age well. I think they're so, I think so they're, they're going to they're literally going to eat the contract and he's not going to be on the roster. John Carlos, no, it'll just be a bad contract. It'll be a so bad he's contract. not going to be on the then roster. They might, they might possibly. Okay, it's possible. Well, he's going to well, be so, on the roster. I I don't think they're going to trade him. I I I can't imagine they would trade him in these next two years because this is their World Series window and he is yeah. when he's on the field. They can't. They're most productive all-around player. However, I don't think it's a lock that they give him a massive contract. Maybe something could be worked out where they sign him to a slightly more team-friendly contract, but I don't think but why it's would going- he do that? He's not that's that's the point. That's that's the difference here. I don't know. Is that there's going to be a demand for Aaron Judge because he's because no like no pun intended here, larger than life. He also sell he puts butts in seats. And I don't because know of that, if that's you're, true. You're, you're dismissing you don't think that's true. You're dismissing no, because the, he's going to be 31 years old and he's, he's been injured every year. He's a blockbuster ticket item. He's a he's a ticket item for people to come Can watch. you find me one example of a position player in their 30s over the past five years that has gotten a massive contract with his injury history? No, you I'd, cannot. With his injury history? I'd have to I'd have to go and look. Even but, in their 30s, there it does not exist. Every position player who gets seven years plus is in their 20s when they sign. He's going to be 31 years old. Okay. So do you think that there there's not going to be any competition for Aaron what Judge? What did what did Rendon? Yeah, there'll be competition, but there's not a team's not going to come in and offer that offer you can't refuse. It's not going to happen. Uh, uh, what? How old is uh, Rendon from the Angels? When the Yankees get behind a guy like that, there's there's just there's there's not much turning back at this point. Like I don't think that they can even think about doing such such a thing. I mean. It was it was uh so Rondon, it was shocking when they moved on from Didi. They can't move on from Aaron Judge. They won't do it. From a business standpoint, from a fan perspective, can't do it. Here's here's an example. The closest I think you might be able to find. Rondon was 30 years old when he was a free agent and he got 7 years from the the Angels. So I think maximum what you're looking at for Aaron Judge is 7, seven years. How many what's what was his what's his AAV? It's uh it's not every year the same but it's it's like it's high so last year he got 26 this year 28 next year 36 2023 38 okay so i mean right there you're 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 just you're giving me an opp- you're giving me an example of a guy that's yeah but he's not been injured with seven years but he, anthony he, rendon doesn't put butts in seats like aaron judge does he doesn't I have agree the same with that. There's a different there's a very difference in i agree with that but he was a year standpoint. younger and he plays a hundred and he had played uh he had played 156, 147, 136, 146, 52 yeah. out of the yeah. 60. That's not a lot of games. 146? 136. 
I saw. I heard. I caught a one thirty six in there. Okay, yeah, one thirty six. When's the last time Aaron Judge played one hundred and thirty six games? Two thousand seventeen. One hundred and forty this year because that's what I. That was. Uh, that was. The He's on pace too. Let's see if it happens. I, I here's here's where I think I'm not dismissing the the injury history. Yes, of course. There's that's going to be a, a consideration, but I think that you're underplaying how big of a deal it is for because it's the New York Yankees and that they've gotten behind him and that he is the face of the New York Yankees. That's a huge deal. That is a huge, huge. I, I know that. Why he's so, get and I said if and they, he's if not he going to take a hometown deal because he's going to get good deals somewhere else. Do you think he would sign a seven year contract? Yeah, I do. Do you think he would sign a six year contract? Um, he's going to be thirty one. I, I, in two years, who knows what these contracts look like? But yeah, six, seven, six, seven years, I could see. Okay, I, I don't think it'll, the Yankees. I, I think five. I think five is too few. I think the Yankees could get. I could see the Yankees giving him a six-year contract with like an option for a couple years to make it seem like it's a longer. Look, the contract. collective bargaining agreement's happening next after this year. So who the hell knows what these contracts are going to look like? He might have to. We, we will pay have a new play. precedent set probably next year. So. We'll we'll deal with that. But the Rendon contract that you just said is probably good, probably good comp, plus a few because uh, plus a because few. Of the New York he got Yankees. seven, so because he's going to get nine. I'm talking about money wise because of the New York Yankees. He's going to probably have a higher AAV, higher than thirty eight million dollars. It depends how the contracts are going. Then Rendon, yes. Bob, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say from like a pure baseball standpoint, if you're taking away the fact that he is. The face of the Yankees. It is a biz. It would be a pretty poor business decision for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He does like he could. He does get heads and seats. From a pure baseball standpoint, would it make sense to to consider a trade, like in the next uh, year or two, or well, just let him him walk? So I mean, typically for a walk. team, typically yeah. for a team, if they're not going to sign their best player, then trading him is the best option because you get a return on that asset. But for the Yankees, keeping that asset for the next two years to try to win a World Series is is necessary. So so unless a team l- makes a stupid offer for Aaron Judge where it's like Brian Cashman goes to Hal and is like, "Look, they're giving us their top 3 prospects plus two players that can help us win right now. If we don't take this, we're idiots." Then right. then it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It makes sense. This is a hot topic cuz a lot of people get get very there's mad. Some, there's about some strong this. opinions because there's some a lot of people that opinions. don't like there's there's a lot of people that don't like Judge Simply because I, mean, I don't think anyone doesn't problem. like judge, the, but like they don't. Yeah, it, people don't like the injuries. People don't yeah, like the not, the yeah. nagging, the nagging type stuff. No one's but rooting this, against him. But at the same time, like when I when I go when I go back and I'm looking at what his production has been postseason, like the guy shows up. The guy shows up. I'm not denying any of this. I know, but that's a huge reason. That's a huge deal. I don't know that Brian Cashman looks at that right now. I think he is his department is so analytically focused that they're not going to look at a small sample in October and say, oh, look, he is hit. He has a 130 WRC plus in October. That's going to be like 30 at bats. That's not going to be anything to decide a contract. on. Let me ask you a question. If he if they win a World Series this year and he's uh, uh, or next year, let's just say they win one, one of these next two years. Yeah. Does that change things for you? Uh, yeah, I actually think it probably makes it less likely they sign him to a long term contract. Really? OK. Yeah. Because if they get close these next two years, maybe they win the pennant both years, or maybe one year they win the pennant because they haven't been to the World Series since 2009. So if they get to a World Series in one of these next two years but lose, then that taste is going to be there. It's like, we got to bring the band back together. But if they win and get over the hump, I mean, you that could go the other way and say that there. the band wasn't good enough also if you wanted to. You could, but 
you're still going to be in the midst of Garrett Cole's prime. You're still going to have Glaber Torres, who should be hopefully in his prime. You're 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 going to have Giancarlo Stanton, who only has a couple years left while he's still a competent baseball player. So you're going to have it's it's sort of like now or never. And if we don't sign Aaron Judge, then we're giving up on our World Series hopes and we're kind of going into reboot mode. And and that's another that's another reason why they're not going to let a player like Aaron Judge go and they're just going to continue to build around him. If the contract is semi-reasonable, if it can't be a stupid contract, they won't do it for him because he's in 2000 at the end of the 2017 season, I would have said they're going to sign him to a 12-year contract. But he has not played since then. He's been hurt so often since then. He just needs to show he can stay on the field. If this load management thing keeps him on the field for 80% of the season for the next two years, then yes, they will sign him and that will be the right call. But if they try load management with this guy and he sits because of too much baseball and travel because he's got lower body soreness and he still winds up on the IL with something this year and he plays 115 games or 120 games this year, you can't justify signing him for a long-term contract until he's 38 years old. That's moronic. All right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens here. Hopefully uh, he's staying on the field because the production, and I do, I think I think the opposite of the World Series, I think if he wins a World Series, I think that it's more of an emphasis to bring him back because of the off-field stuff. Like you guys are talking purely baseball here as well. There's not just, this is not just a base on-the-field baseball decision. And that has to be considered. It has All to right. be. Do you guys even want to do mailbags? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. If, if Robinson, I, I think Robinson Cano, if he was a bigger, like, superstar at that point, do you think the Yankees would have matched offers? Because I think they would have. I think part of his marketability um, was part of their, was a, was a, a bit of a reason uh, on why they didn't go over and above. Well, I mean, he certainly was not as marketable as Aaron Judge. No player has been as marketable as Aaron Judge since Derek Jeter. But I think Cashman saw also the writing on the wall with this team and that, Signing and Robinson the smoke from Cano. the steroid thing. Oh, maybe there was signing smoke. signing Cano in 2013 when the team was terrible. Like that that their run was officially over in 2012, and then so they 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 lost Cano and then they they made some so many bad decisions with the Ellsbury and the Beltron and the and the who was the other guy McCann. Uh, it was just yeah. like. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So so if, if if Robinson Cano was what. Um, Aaron Judge is right now than maybe, but also at the time Robinson Cano played almost every day. He he played 160 games a year. So if you're if at the time when you were looking, if you're going to give a guy a 10 year contract, when it's never good business to give a guy a 10 year contract, you could at least say he's been durable. Aaron Judge has not been durable. Yeah. All right. I mean, look, I, I, it's it's going to be impossible. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind here with with what they're seeing because clearly the injuries speak for themselves. They are what they are. The the other the one thing I'll say that I think it's much easier for him to be sitting during the regular season, whereas some of these injuries that uh, that are potentially keeping him out would not keep him out in October. And I think that's oh, I agree. That's with one that. of the yeah. but that's but that's a big thing also because yes, he gets nicked if up. it keeps him off the IL. If he still goes on the injured list this year, then it doesn't help. If it this depends, it depends him, why he goes on the injured list. I have okay. Really, yeah, if he if he gets hit totally again, depends. if he gets hit again in the wrist and he fractures his wrist, that's that's out of his control. But if it's another calf injury, leg injury, oblique strain, anything like that, 
you, then load management is not keeping them off the injured list. It's just delaying injuries. It's so hard to pinpoint this stuff. It really is because load management is is a, about a particular about a particular. The, the player has to feel something first, right, for them to get that, or they have these scheduled days off, which really don't have any rhyme or reason. They're just there to give that. I don't more think judges' days off, off last week were scheduled. I think Stanton's was a scheduled day off. On I agree Saturday. with that. I agree judge with that. judge went to Boone and said, you know, I'm feeling a little lethargic or something like that in my lower body, and Boone said, okay, we're sitting you down for two days. So, but, uh, but again, they're not always going to just be like very apparent and have the warning that, you know, I didn't sleep in a pod. My, my leg is cramping up more than it usually does. They're not going to always have that warning. Like things are just going to happen at some point too. And then low management has nothing to do with that. So it's going to get shit on at some point because it's bad. Like the percentages are just playing that, you know, something is going to happen without the, without the, the, the warning shot for you to be able to sit before it. The idea here is if Judge went out there in Baltimore, even though he was a little sore, and then maybe he's sprinting for uh, a ball and he pulls pulls a muscle, that wouldn't have happened if he was feeling 100%. But because he was sore, maybe it was more likely to happen. Right. And I just, I think that's just a crapshoot. Okay. All right. Let's wrap But, it but if it works, we could say it works, right? Yeah, so we'll that's find fine. out. We don't know. We won't know until later in the year. That's, we won't that's, know until we know until he injures it the next time, and then we what, can do. We have voicemails today. You're, st- <laughs> I, I I see you just like loading up for for the next time. There's any kind of any kind of tweak. Where's lo- what, to what shit all over load management? What do you mean? Yeah, of course. That's what I do. I know. It's, it's like that. It's just bound to happen. It's the whole point of having a podcast, Scott. At, at any point. Just, yeah. I want to rip through a couple of these real quick. Um, All right, go for it. The Tyler Wade. So mailbags, thank you, Luke, Duncan, and Gaffney. Uh, send these in. A couple of them we're not going to totally get into because it's it's kind of old old business and I'm trying to stay positive here. Um, but one was fascinating to me. Uh, and this is Luke. Okay, so I'm going to read it. Hey, guys, I was hoping to get your opinions on Tyler Wade. I saw a tweet earlier that Boone said he's a dynamic player. He, there's a real dynamic. He brings the different versatility off the bench. That's really good. Could have started him today, thought about it, but I like the uh, I like his role coming off the bench in some targeted situations. I, he says, I don't understand what Boone sees in Wade. He's had plenty of chances to show that uh, he's a terrible hitter, can't even bunt, and only uses his defense and speed. Okay, I gotta I gotta like change my position here because if Tyler Wade can't bunt, he he, he the only things that he can do, which he could do well, both these these two things that he could do well. Uh, he can play defense well, and and he's fast. If he can't that's use not his dynamic, speed, though. Well, there aren't very many fast guys on this team. That's that's why it's dynamic compared to everybody else. Okay. So dynamic means first to third. That could be dynamic when you're you got to get on base else. first, unless you pinch run. Dynamic being uh, the guy. Yeah, you know, uh, if Tyler Wade's standing on second base um, during a uh, during an extra inning or. But if Tyler that, Wade is a guy to come up have and to punch a guy run. over, which would be much more useful in an extra inning position that he cannot do right now. Uh, this so, is yeah, he's worthless. When I see Gio playing the shortstop position, like kind of looks smooth, kind of looks good. Not really well, much Not really much you could do there. If Anduar could come and show that he's got a bat and, and play like a little bit of third 
and and uh, Geo slides over to shortstop every once in a while. I'm fine with that. Don't don't have Tyler Wade on the team. It's not working. Yeah, the so season. Duncan actually asks when Voigt comes back, who gets replaced on the roster? He says Odor is the obvious one, but Odor has kind of wormed his way into the fabric of this team right now, and he's batting third. He's batting hit. Fourth. I mean, he's had, he's had production. So, I mean, yeah. he's had big hits. He he's has had production. Not hit. Production is the is the key here, but it is still Odor who's the odd man out here because you could say yes, yeah, send down Tyler Wade, but then you're back to square one with this shortstop issue, which is the whole reason Mike Talkman was traded. I think it was a, a part of the reason, but yes, uh, you are. But again, you, if you have Tyler Wade, well, I guess uh, Ford down, Ford's on the roster right now. For, yeah, Ford's the clear one for okay. For so Ford, Ford goes down for Voight. That ne- okay, well, yeah, but but here's the, but here's the thing. Like I I if if Andujar is hitting. I would rather have him on the team than Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade's not really as much of a regular season guy for me. But how is Andujar and he can't going bunt. to... He, the bunting thing really just screwed me on him. Okay, so you said if Andujar is hitting in AAA, but he's not going to get regular at-bats at the Major League level unless there's an injury. So he's going to be a play twice a week, get six to eight yeah, plate appearances yeah, that's, a week. That's, so that's, we, he's, he's not going to... that he can do that, yep. I mean that's I mean they could but try it again. It didn't adding work a bat, in. adding a bat, a contact bat, a guy that that can change the dynamic of the lineup a little bit is a positive thing. And just depends on how the Yankees are going, I think. But I like I like is, the fact that he's there and, and and we know what kind of bat he can be. And that could that could be a real help for this team. I don't know that they would pick eight plate appearances a week or six plate appearances a week for Manduhar over a backup shortstop, Tyler Wade. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those um one of those one of those toss-ups here. I think if Gio is showing that he could play short, like he's 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 going to be proficient. He's going to be fine. Not going to cover a ton of ground, but he'll be fine. What are you really losing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they they sent in run prevention. They sent in Wade for defense in late in eighth inning today. Yeah, that's and that's probably why that's probably why that won't happen. But I, again, trying to get Anduar's bat in there at some point if he's showing that he can hit. I mean, most people have forgotten about Anduar. I haven't. I'll never forget. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank wait, you, wait, guys. Wait, 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 wait. I, oh, I, got, the, I got the bubblegum results. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Did you before, put out a poll? Bef- yeah, before we wrap up. So coming in first was original bubblegum with 41% of the votes. Coming in second, a close second, well, I guess close to third, was Grape with 23%. Let's <laughs> sour oh, apple, so Grape, sour wait, grape, apple. Came, grape came in second? Yeah, and then sour apple with twenty one percent and watermelon with fifteen percent, and oh, we had a couple comments. Last. Vindette okay. said this is outrageous. Grape should have ha- should have one hundred twenty five percent of the votes, and then Nick Dorsey said, "Holy shit, the watermelon disrespect." Look, Thank let you. me tell you something. I don't like grape. I was hazed in college with grape, uh, orange or grape and orange jubilee mad dog. These these bastards would heat it up, and we would have to like chug Mad Dog. So grape Mad Dog, like bleh. like I can't do it. Jolly Ranchers, I can't do it. I I don't like grape soda or grape Gatorade. Yeah, I don't do worse. grape stuff. It's, it's bad. But grape uh, Big League Chew, for whatever reason, is a clear clear W for me. So they obviously don't use the same fake formula that these other companies are using for their apparently candies. not. Apparently, because grape, you agree, grape is normally the worst flavor. Of anything. I don't like grape normally. Grape Big League Chew, I love. For the, again, for like the minute and a half that it's because actually, you can taste grape it. Because grape flavor. And it becomes a rock in your mouth. Grape flavor does not taste like grapes. 
None of these well, flavors no taste like the actual thing. They watermelon flavor, Andrew, it doesn't taste like watermelon. <laughs> I'd say the in watermelon you, flavor Big League Chew tastes more like watermelon than the grape. I wouldn't know chew. because all I do is grape because it's the best. All I do is grape. I want all that I grape, do is drink. grape. Give me that purple stuff. All right. Thank Good. you. I'm Bob. glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that. Sorry to, just, sorry to interrupt the closing. No, that we no, had. No, to, I forgot about that. That was. <laughs> so that, that, was that was probably the most important part of the podcast. Was this? It really the, was. The flip. an original. Everybody. I feel like people default <laughs> to original. You know, it's like, whatever. Original's not. I gotta. Well. I gotta taste. I gotta go do a taste test because I. I haven't had any of this in many years. So I. Can't even tell you the last time I had grape. I, I'm intri- I'm intrigued now because it's obviously the, the people have spoken. They're yeah. not going to lie. Um, normally, I don't like grape flavor, but I'll give it and a I, shot. Let me tell you what. When Where it do does you hit find you, big it's too. like it is. There's a lot. There's a lot of flavor in the beginning. And I don't know. They, they didn't. They, they never really worked out the, like the, the timing mechanism with the flavor. 14 it's like seconds. It's like a Willy Wonka gone. thing. Yeah. It just it just hits you at once. Like you chew it. And like as soon then as you like your saliva hits the gum. Yeah. It's just all gone. Yeah, you're like (laughs) drinking the grape flavor and it's delicious. And you have a sugar rush. And then it just becomes literally like a rock in your mouth. The next day you wake up and my jaw is like killing me. (laughs) I think Judge said too, he he doesn't spit out his gum until he like strikes out or something like that. So that if he's if he's on, if he's he's chewing that gum all day. What I'm wondering if there's load management on the jaw. That's that's a dislocated jaw potentially with the if it's big league chew. They have bazooka though, don't they? They have bazooka buckets in the. uh, They're all just chewing tobacco in there, though, right? Yeah, bazooka's terrible. Bazooka, I mean, it's fine. There's only times that I would. I'm not a big gum. I'm not a big gum guy. I don't. Anyway, you want to do another twenty minutes on gum? Like, let's do it. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a a taste test with the Big League Chew, but and not to mention just like the way that they did this in the sleeves. Genius, oh, absolute yeah. genius. It was the coolest thing ever as a kid. Yeah, and it was those. Uh, the, the where did you uh, get the, that? The battered bas- baseball, battered bastards of baseball, or whatever it was. That yeah. that Portland uh, independent league team. That's where it came out. Where did you buy that? Amazon. Oh, it's been sitting in a warehouse in Amazon China fulfillment for center. twenty years. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the expiration on that bad boy? Okay, can we end the podcast now? Yeah, Do we, we have voicemails today, today, Bob? We have a few, a few okay. from throughout the week. We're going to cool. run them. Enjoy the voicemails. Call the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. You know, the Yankees won a bunch of games this week, so fewer people called. Funny how that People only out. call when they dump, when shit happens. I feel like against Houston, though, win or lose, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. some shit's going to go down this week. Tuesday night, first game with fans in the stands against Houston, 646-480-0342. Call up, call up now. Tell us how much you fucking hate the Houston Astros. We're going to play them. Maybe we'll play in midweek. I don't know. I can't commit to that. I just put the Big League Chew back in my mouth, just so you know from when I took it out earlier. Flavors Same Big maybe League Chew? Maybe this is a hack. Got to chew it a little bit. Get, get it stimulated. Take it out. Come back to it. I've never now, heard now of that, by this. the way. I've never heard of it either. I just I just invented it right now. So it was sitting next to you for an hour. Yep. Got to expose it to the fresh air. And it's le- it's not as hard. When I, after it was exposed to the fresh air for an hour, that it is going to be in about 20 seconds. You disgust me. Bye, guys. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I'm 
must be out when I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. I'm going to have a goddamn aneurysm with this team. I don't understand how many games we need to lose for Brian Cashman to lose his job. John Carlos Stanton is making $30 million a year. He can't even pick up a glove. What is going on? Aaron Boone doesn't know how to build a lineup. The Red Sox are hitting 276, and the best hitter in our lineup is Gio Urshela. Labor Torres is hitting 206. He's, got, he's better than five guys on that team. Ruben Odor is your cleanup guy. Are you fucking kidding me? This team sucks. We got to figure it out. The best thing we can hope for is to be a wild card team now. And guess what? We're going to blow Garrett Cole in game one, and we're going to have no pitching for the ALDS, and we're going to lose again in the ALDS. That's the best case scenario with this team. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. If this team isn't what it takes to fire Brian Cashman, I don't know what I'm going to do. I hate that guy. Yo, it's your boy Enrique, the captain of the BP Crew South Florida. How about them Yankees, baby? Can we play like this every night, please? Aaron Judge bombing. Rudnett Odor bombing. Garrett Cole throwing gas. This is what I'm talking about. Elijah, what you think about that win? Awesome! Go Yankees! Hey, Pinstripers. This is Eric from Syracuse. And, uh... Took care of business against Morsi and the Majors. Good job. Uh, some pitching notes. I think Cole actually had a shot to go for Gidry's strikeout record Friday. He should have pulled a stone-cold stunner on Boone and went back out there and did the complete game. And uh, for today's game, as much as I hate Tyone, I love Kluber. Keep it up, boys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.